Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Have you ever wanted more vision for your future? Join us as we learn about how we can have more vision for ourselves and as a church this fall. Enjoy this week's message. Let's put our hands together and celebrate and thank God for our family that are watching online and people that are in different places, our elderly population. We're all a part of the journey together and we're moving forward together. And so I want to be very clear, everything I share today, I believe all of us can be a part of and participate in. Can I tell you how proud I am of you? I'm so proud of you, so honored to walk with you. I'm so thankful that all of you in this time have continued to look to Jesus. You've continued to look to ways that you can reach out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I couldn't be more proud of you. We had a great thing on uh, this week, on Tuesday night. We had our Ladies Summer Splash. I've become, yeah, come on ladies, give a round of applause. I've become a seasoned women's event attender, by the way. I never would have thought. How many of you know your life ends up in places you never thought it would? But uh, I enjoyed being with the ladies here in the room. We filled up the room in like 30 hours. But how many of you know we can't let situations and circumstances stop the mission of Jesus from going forward? But the way it goes forward is all of us together continue to be carriers and ministers of reconciliation. So I want to say thank you to the heroes of Summer Splash. The heroes are not on the stage. The heroes are the 125 ladies that hosted watch parties all across our region, and they met on back patios and in their house, and they shared together and related to one another and prayed for one another, and Sheila Walsh brought a message of healing. So thank you for being the church, and thank you for reaching out to your friends. And so we also, this week, we had a backpack drive for children, for single moms' children, and we ministered to about 80 kids, and your generosity made it possible for us to specialize backpacks for these children. We had a team of people that picked them out, found out the color they like, found out what they wanted. Isn't that amazing? They, they, you know how that kid receives that? By the way, everybody's caught up in so much dialogue today, but I'm going to tell you what that kid thought. God sees me. God recognizes me. God knows what I'm going through. And so thank you for caring about the one and reaching out to those children. And we had so many supplies left over. We have a lady in our church that works at a Title I school in Fort Worth. We took all the surplus to bless that school in Fort Worth. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being who you are. Today is a special day too because it's Teacher Appreciation Weekend, all right? Come on. And we all are praying for and thinking about our teachers. We have 613 teachers within the family orbit of Milestone Church. We've reached out to every single one of them. If you're not in that orbit and you wanna be, you're part of it today. If you just stumbled into church or you're listening to me online, we want you to know we're standing with you and we're praying for you. We have a little tumbler for you to put your coffee in. Lord knows you need it on a regular day, but you need it a lot now. So we got your coffee covered, we got a gift card to send to you, and most of all, we're sending to you the fact that we're standing with you and we're praying for you. And I just love the fact that these are not just people in an email orbit. These are people part of spiritual family. And from you teachers, we received hundreds of prayer requests. 
And I sat this week in my reading chair and I read through those prayer requests. And I was just moved for where you're really living. And so many of them, pray for my safety. I'm dealing with this. I have this situation. Pray for my kids. Pray for all the variables. Pray for what's going on. Prayer request, I'm talking hundreds. Prayer request after prayer request after prayer request. And I want you to know, I pray for you. And I know God's gonna show up and meet you. With all the complexities, he's still on his throne. And he's gonna fill you with the faith that you need to do what God's called you to do. And we're praying with you and we're standing with you. I learned about a young couple that have a new baby. They're both teachers. And I was drawn to them, Aaron and Travis, and I saw their prayer requests, and they got a new baby, and then also one of their fathers is in cancer treatment, and so we're praying for them and thinking about the complexities of what's going on. But I want all the teachers that are here in the room, if you're in a venue on the Keller campus, even if you're at home, just because I want you to be prayed for, you stand up. Let's all stand our feet if you're a teacher. Now, you guys don't usually take instruction well. When I say stand, that means you're supposed to stand, okay? Come on. And come on. We're celebrating you. We're praying for you. Come on, show them you love them. All right. No, 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 don't be seated. No, no, no. I, this is my classroom. You, you got to stand. I said stand. Let's, let's pray for these teachers. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you, Lord, that you have given them everything they need that per pertains to life and godliness. Lord, we thank you for your abundance, your ability that you are more than enough and you can be more than enough for us in the area of our fears, our anxieties, our need for peace, clarity. We pray for clarity. We pray for wisdom. Lord, I know the people that I'm praying for right now, they don't get into this for money. They don't get into this for accolade or recognition. They are servants. They're here to serve our children. And so, Lord, fill them with everything they need to serve these, these young people that we love. And I pray you, fill them with that courage and faith and hope as they enter into this school year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now you can be seated. We love you. And I'll tell you, you can text. If you're out there watching and you're a teacher, you can text this number. We have a team of people ready to get that gift for you. If you're here, you can go out into the commons and we have a gift for you. Deuteronomy chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is Vision Weekend and I want to share with you some vision for our lives. Vision is always important, but vision is very needed now. We all need to see not just what we see around us, not just what we've been absorbed by, not just what we're drawn to, not our personal preferences. We need to hear from God. We need to understand what's on his heart and what he has for us personally and what he has for us together. Proverbs 29, 18 says that vision is very important. It says where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. And though we've lived in a season of an unprecedented time, where we've had some restraints on our lives, one of the greatest dangers may not be the restraints, but the unrestraint. It may be that we have moved into some freedoms and lack of accountability and lack of being involved in some of the basics of our faith, 
and some of the basic desires of God that we actually have not just been restrained in some areas where we don't want to be restrained, but we may have become unrestrained in areas that matter to God. So vision is the way God brings discipline to our lives. Accountability is not a bad thing, and discipline is not a bad thing, for if you want to go where God has for you, it will require it. It will require it, and so therefore what God does is not just, let me give you a set of principles and parameters, because in the New Testament with Jesus, it's not about the principles and parameters, it's about him writing his desires on the tablets of your heart. And what happens is he begins to show you, here's where I want you to go. Here's where I want to take you. Here's the vision that I have for your life. And so vision is a good thing. It brings some restraint in our lives. I remember when I got married to my beautiful wife, Brandy, who this year will be married 25 years. We got married, yeah. She's hotter than ever, honestly. But uh, uh, just, you know, just telling you, I don't know, just, just telling you. We got married, I was a senior at Baylor University, if you've never been there, it's Jerusalem on the Brazos, God's presence dwells there in tangible form. The speaker at Summer Splash mentioned another university down south a little bit further down there with a bunch of real crazy people, and when the speaker said Texas A&M, I heard a lot of whoops, you know, which I'm always concerned about as a pastor, we're fighting COVID, we can't fight that too, but anyway... um, Anyway, I got married my senior year. We moved in. I was already a pastor, and we moved into the parsonage. You may not know what that is, but that's like a one-stop shop. That's where the church, they're connected, and the house that the pastor lives in are all in one spot. It's like, it's like a one-stop shop for everything that you need, and they would just stop at our house at all hours of the day. And anyway, but we lived in the parsonage, and it was Tuesday night. We'd been married about a week, and... Uh, What I did with my buddies before I got married was on Tuesday nights, we went to Mars McLean Gym and we played basketball. Now, we didn't play in the nice thing they have now. The Life Center was, you know, slipping slides and all the cool stuff they had. We had an old school gym, but we went there and we played basketball. So I woke up on the Tuesday to head to my classes, leave my young, new, beautiful wife. I've learned some things about marriage in 25 years. I'm not perfected yet, but here was a learning day for me on how this thing works. I left. This is before cell phones. Y'all may not know there was a day like that when we didn't have them. I mean, few people had them, had an antenna stretched to Mars, you know what I'm saying? But we didn't have a cell phone. There was no such thing. And I left. There was no way to communicate, and I did not communicate. So I went to class. I played basketball. It's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I show back up at the parsonage to check on the preacher's wife. Now, we're newly married. I'm expecting fire. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm expecting romantic heat, passion. You know what I'm saying? But it was real cold that night. Y'all know what I'm saying? It was Arctic, man, uh, because I did not communicate where I was going. By the way, men, little tidbit, never under-communicate, always over-communicate. Are you with me? Come on, ladies. Can I have an amen? Okay. So over-communication wins the day. And I learned that day, though, that I was no longer a single guy with my buddies at the gym. I now had a new vision for my life. I now have someone else I'm responsible to. I'm not me, myself, and I. I'm not the lone ranger living my life by myself doing whatever I want I now have a relationship with someone that I love that now has introduced into my life some constraints. 
Those constraints I can look at as a negative thing or I can see as a result of the vision that I have to be more in love with her 25 years from now means I might need to change. And on that day, I got a revelation about being considerate of someone else besides myself. I introduce you today this vision weekend that we maybe have begun to lose vision in such a way over the last several weeks that we need to kind of get out of the self-orbit. I began this week to look in the Bible to just kind of think about, because a lot of times people are like, we're where we've never been, but I have the belief that always in the Bible there's people who have been where we've been, maybe it was worse, but we just don't have that perspective. And I started looking just kind of at transition points and you know, thinking about you and praying for you. And of course, if you look at a big transition moment that runs through scripture, I'm gonna show you how to read scripture, not just pull one little pluck, one little verse. You have to go to one of the anchor places of the Jewish people, but also to the entire story of Jesus. And that's a moment in which God's people are in bondage in Egypt. They're living in bondage. They began to ask God for his freedom. He raises up a guy who doesn't think he can do it. He's insecure. His name is Moses. Moses goes. God uses plagues. God performs miracles. And they go out. The army's chasing them. You've seen the cartoons. You've seen the movies. They part the Red Sea. And they enter into what could be, hear this, a different reality that could be a few steps to a new promised land. And what should have taken a few days put them in an orbit of wandering around for 40 years almost. And Moses in Deuteronomy, I I don't know if you ever laugh at the Bible. I mean, this this week I was like, it was humorous. I I don't know. There's crazy stuff in here, y'all. Like you need to start reading it in a dynamic way and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I've never preached on this passage before, but I stumbled on this passage and I thought, yeah, thank you, Lord. I needed that. I need some vision in my life. Moses is interpreting all those events. He says here in Deuteronomy 2, then we turned and we set out for the wilderness by way to the Red Sea as the Lord spoke to me. We circled Mount Seir for many days. We circled Mount Seir for many days. The Lord spoke to me saying, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. You've circled this mountain. You've wandered around this mountain. You've kind of been sitting there waiting for, well, who's gonna tell me where at some point I can like move toward the thing that God said about my life, has planned for my life, his overall plan for all of us. And so what happens is when we don't have direction and vision, we can get lost in an existing orbit of wandering around, wandering around going, what do we do? Can someone tell me what to do? Who's official enough to tell me it's okay to start doing what God's asked me to do, when does that happen? And God comes in and says, guys, you've been around it long enough. I feel like I've been in a perpetual game of mother may I. How many of y'all remember that game, mother may I? Come on, you wanna be in charge of the game because if you don't like your brother or sister, you can keep them 
and inhibit them from winning the game because you call all the shots. You just tell them when they can take a step. And I know when I played it with my sisters, I'd be like, you can take a little shuffle. Then I tell my friend, you can take three large leaps. There's only one problem is what happens to you is, is you get real excited about a few of the steps and then you forget to say, mother, may I? <laughs> and then you gotta what? You gotta, go, yeah, I gotta go back to the deal. I've been like, mother, may I take two steps toward God's kingdom? Oh my God, and I've been in the orbit with you. And it's like two steps and a few weeks ago, I shifted my mindset. I had an intervention from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, quit circling, quit saying, mother, may I? Newsflash, COVID-19 did not change this book. It didn't change God's desires for his people. Now, I want to be real clear because some of you are hearing this through the filter of other people have spoken to you. I'm speaking to you as a pastor. I'm not talking about vulnerable populations. I'm not talking about mask or no mask, school or no school. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about our hearts for the kingdom of God. Getting out of the orbit of self-absorption and wandering around, wondering when are we going to look. The agenda of Jesus has marched forward for thousands of years despite every other type of situation or circumstance or situation going on. And so it was kind of like, man, I'm gonna, I gotta get back to being a Christian, being a person that God has called me to be. And I don't condemn you because I gotta be honest with you, I circled it with you. I, I got in fear. I, had to work on relationships, but you know what? At some point, you got to say, okay, I'm not just going to keep circling. I'm going to move forward. Now, some of you are like, well, that's a kind of humorous passage. You plucked it from the Bible. No, 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 no. It's a theme. Did you know Jesus went in the wilderness? Jesus went into the wilderness, and yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully man, but he had a desire to please his Father in his humanity here on earth, And so he went into the wilderness, he passed the test. He said, it is written. He walked out his encounter with Satan and came out of the wilderness with more intentionality to please his father's agenda for 40 days. I submit to you, 40 days in the wilderness may build your faith, but 40 years in the wilderness may leave you totally broke, abandoned, dying in your faith and erode God's purpose for your life. Jesus went into the wilderness. We all go into the wilderness. The question is not, will we go into the wilderness? The question is, who will you be when you come out of it? Where will you go? Do you have the intentionality and direction of Jesus? And if you're not convinced of what I'm saying, Moses, Jesus, the children of Israel, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is pretty strong. By the way, this is not like reading if you read the chapter. It's intense Bible, man, I'm telling you. Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea and they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ. God always provides for his people even in the wilderness. When you hit your personal wilderness, even when you look up and you reflect on the wilderness, you will always see that God has been good, that God is still there. He says, look, he provided for them. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. He was not pleased with most of them. Why? Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. 
I want to say this as a pastor with all love. Everybody doesn't make it out of the wilderness with God's plan on their hearts. He says, look, they didn't make it. Now look at this now. Very important. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. As a pastor, we don't know what variables we will face. I will say this, I'm concerned about your heart. Saying, God, I'm not just gonna wander around looking aimlessly, I wanna move forward to the plan you have for me. My prayer for you is that your faith will be strengthened in this time, you will begin to move forward, but it will not be eroded and you don't leave behind things that God cares about and you're gonna care about as well. So I wanna give you three things together that I believe we can do to jumpstart this process in our hearts. Because when we walk together as the church, we're looking to the vision God has for us, it creates a conducive environment for you to personally quit circling and move forward. So I wanna talk to you about that. By the way, I do wanna tell you, because I've had a lot of you ask, how's our church doing? How's it going, Pastor? How's it going? Look, again, I'm proud of you. We have people regathering. And we're just continuing to make space. It's just like at Prepare, we're opening up the Bowden Center because we're, I'm gonna talk to you about Prepare in a minute. We're opening up the Bowden Center. We're opening up a hotel where we can have people meet. We've got watch parties where people are meeting. Look, we can't allow restrictive social type things to stop the kingdom of God. So we're gonna continue to move forward. And I wanna thank you for your adaptability, your flexibility, your willingness to still be the church and walk it out. So look, we're gathering and we're seeing more and more people regather and we're praying for those who can't gather and we're also praying for those and we believe that one day you will gather with us, we're waiting for you. So we got people in all different phases, every single step in the process. Your giving has been amazing. We've been able to keep our staff, move forward, continue initiatives. And so we're excited about what God's doing and we're moving forward this fall. I'm gonna share with you three things we're gonna do together. We also, Because of your generosity, we received all of the funding for our Beyond Initiative where we were gonna have more parking and we're gonna open up more space. We were gonna start with the parking. It's supposed to take about seven months. You gave all the resources. We then ended up in a big challenging battle with tree mitigation, a whole bunch of stuff. And the night where we got approved to go forward with our parking project that you gave to, all of this hit. The devil hates us, but he can't stop us. But he can't stop us. And so we just kept moving along and we've been sensitive to you and we've been working through and we're still working. I wanna be very clear. We're working on still the facility side of things, finishing the design there. And and yet we're moving forward right around Labor Day. You're gonna begin to see in a few weeks, we're moving forward with all the new parking that you generously, by God's provision, provided, we're paying cash for every bit of it, okay? Thank you for all of that, okay? And it's several million dollars. Thank God for his abundant provision. We're excited about it, and so we're gonna get some more parking, uh, and we're gonna do that. And again, the buildings we're still working on, but it's gonna take seven months to do the parking anyway. Thank you for your faithfulness. Let me give you three things. What do we need to do this fall? I'll begin to pray about it and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? Number one, we need an encounter with God. I mean, every one of us, to break out of that orbit, we need a fresh encounter with God. And so there in your seat, we gave you a little card to help you with that. This is your first stop. You can download that card. And this is your first stop uh, to getting started with your prepare. I wanna say to you online, 
All of us are participating. No matter where we're at, you can participate in this event. All of us together. This is our prayer points that we're going to pray over together. You can put some personal prayer points. And I want to say this prepare initiative, uh, many of you have participated in this for years. By the way, it's not a new thing. We did it before we called it prepare. Before we had a building, we used to meet on Friday nights and pray together. We'd drop all the kids off at my house. They would eat the paint off the walls, destroy the place. We would then go pray at a little thing that we had up here that we kind of, some people let us use basically. And we'd play from 10 o'clock sometimes till two in the morning. And I had a card that had push on it. He's like, what does push mean? Pray until something happens. Because nothing was happening. <laughs> there's a church, here's a steeple. We didn't even have the church or the steeple. But if we did, you'd open the doors and there were no people. And so we're praying until something happens, and we're kind of at a pray until something happens moment again for our world. So we're going to pray just like we always have, and we're going to get in God's presence, and God's presence is unique when we gather as the church. He manifests himself in those atmospheres. We see it in Scripture. And so I know whatever it is you're struggling through, in a moment where we fast, pray, and seek God's presence, God will show up and move in your heart and your life fasting. We're going to do that. You're like, what is that? That's abstaining from food to focus on God. And I know people have medical conditions and we have all this, the inside of fasting on the website. You can go there, but it'd be a great thing to try if you've never done it. We need to get rid of the COVID-19. <laughs> it's not really a dieting tactic. It's actually a surrender, some other things for the sole focus of God. It's hard Second day, caffeine demons come out of you. You don't even know are there. It's not easy. But when we do it together, it's powerful. I heard about our production guys. By the way, you may not know us about production guys. By the way, they have been heroes in this. They've helped sustain us. Can we give them a round of applause? <laughs> production people like Whataburger. Production people eat Whataburger by the pounds. I mean, praise God for Whataburger in Jesus' name. But... They have these weekends where they're here all weekend and they got all these services and so they towed in like cases of Dr. Pepper and sacks of Whataburger. And I heard a story about they showed up at Prepare and they were like just missing water. They were grieving it. They were grieving Whataburger because they were fasting and then they just kind of encouraged each other and said, man, we could wait, man, three days till we can go get some, you know. And they fasted and prayed. And a guy named Terry, who's been believing God for a long time for a kidney at Prepare, through fasting and praying, God provided him a kidney and it's doing well. It's those kind of miracles that happen when the church shows up and fast and pray. It's powerful. And I could give you story after story after story, but the number one thing I would say after years of doing this, and why are we doing it this fall? Because we need it. We need it. That's why we're doing it. But the number one thing I found, and I know we're starting back to school and moms and stuff. Look, what a better time. Get, let's, let's, let's better time. Let's get focus on it. Here's what I've seen happen. You get a recalibration. You get a reset. How many memes have we seen? Can we just have a mulligan on 2020? Can we have a do-over? Are y'all with me? Everybody wants a do-over. Here's your chance. Let's have a different fall based on a different perspective, and we can't guarantee every circumstance or result. What we can guarantee is our God will go with us into it if we will seek him and invite him into our worlds 
And that's what we're going to do. We're going to fast and we're going to pray and we're going to have a great time together. We're going to have multiple venues. We've got people at different places. Here's the second thing I believe we all need is to gather with a group. Gather with a group. Isolation is of the devil. It's of the devil. Some of you may say, well, what are you saying? There's some people who can't gather at the church. I want to say right now and be very clear about this. Everyone can gather with a group. If you are by yourself and you tuned into this message and you feel like you're all alone and no one cares about what's going on in your life, did you know we have volunteers, we have teams of people, what they've been praying for is that the people online would come out of anonymity and not watch it like a TV show. If you feel all alone, you can gather with a group because there's people there ready to chat with you and minister to you and help you. And if the devil's lying to you that you just need to end it and it's suicide and that's all you have and it's the end of the world, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because there's people here that love you and there's people online that love you and you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be alone. You can gather if you want. If you have a family and you're like, my, my kid or something is immune compromised, you can gather with a group. Here's the deal, I think people have had a little online fatigue. I'm not talking about we sort of watch this and we're sort of doing that and we're playing some kind of game on our phone while everybody's doing it. I'm talking about gather like the church, where you worship together, where you listen to the message, where you pray for one another, where you ask what did you get out of it and you grow. And then there's others of you, you have a group that you're socializing with. There's a lot of people in our community that are socializing. They're gathering. Now, we're, not everybody's gathering, but a lot of people are. You got friends that you're like, they're in, the safe, they're in the safe zone. Now, we don't know what they did all week, but I like them. So I've just decided that it don't matter what happens, I'm putting them in the safe zone. You know what I'm saying? We don't know why they're in the safe zone, but it's like, I want you in my life. And we've been gathering at the lake. And we've been gathering at birthday parties. And we've been gathering at people's houses because we're not made to be alone. But the pastor's saying we need to gather in Jesus' name this fall. We need to gather in Jesus' name. We're going to do a spiritual emphasis series called United. We're going to study the book of Ephesians together. I want you to know Ephesians has answers for today, 2020. It can teach us about not being united to everything out there that's killing us, but being united to Christ, being united to our spiritual authority, not being tossed about by every wind of doctrine, but being in a place where we become in the full measure of the stature which belongs to Christ. I'm sorry, I'm preaching. We're going to study this book together. I appreciate all the stuff you've been absorbing. I want you to absorb this. We're going to study this Bible together, and we're going to pray with one another, and we're going to take communion, and we're going to be the church no matter what station or setting we're in. That's what we're going to do. We can all do it, and we're going to gather with a group, and we're going to grow, and we're going to pray for one another. Small groups are so powerful. I met Alan and Tava Bass at a meeting before all this began. They went to 301. They loved their 301 group, but they were afraid to step out and lead a group. And they did it. And I saw a text thread this week where they were talking about how rich their life is. See, the enemy tells you 
the wrong thing. So he lies to you and tells you, no, you can't. But what happens is when we get out of ourselves and do the stuff in the Bible, like the early church, like the plan of God, what happens is there's so much contentment and fulfillment and richness that comes to our life that all these things can't provide. And they did this. And I just asked kind of, give me just kind of the what all happened out of it. Well, they led a freedom group, and then Marshall and Candace became members of that, and then they led a freedom group, and somebody got saved in that group, and then they have a connect group that continues, and then they got Marshall and Candace, who now lead a first responder small group. Thank you, Marshall and Candace, for being the hands and feet of Jesus and loving on our first responders during this time, and then Stuart and Rachel led a freedom group, and then they had a marriage restoration that happened, and then they served at Serve Day together. This is, this is vision. This doesn't make headlines but this is on the heart of God. This is the answer for the pains of our culture is us reaching out to the people around us, loving one another and serving one another. So we're gonna gather in a group. But you know what the big thing too is? They got friends now. They got relationships because you need relationships to carry you through a crisis. For 20 plus years, I've been preaching, you better build your relationships before the crisis comes. And the people that have navigated COVID-19 the best are the people that went into COVID-19 with the people around their life that loved them and served them and connected with them and prayed with them. And if you say, I don't have that, there's a way you can. There's a way you can. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how to spur one another on toward love, toward good deeds, not giving up meeting together. As some are now in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. How many of y'all know we all need encouragement all the time, but we all need it now more than ever? That's how we get it. And all the more as you see the day approaching. If there's evil days approaching, all the more we've gotta be together and everybody can be together. Here's the final one. We gotta serve others. Well, we gotta get out of the inward narcissistic if everyone would listen to what I have to say, if everyone would do what I have to say while I sit alone by myself, not reaching across to people different than me and people around me, I've gotta get out of that and I've gotta serve others. Jesus says the greatest is the servant. You never look more like Jesus or feel more of Jesus' presence than when you are serving someone else. We saw this at Serve Day this year. I'll be transparent with you. Everything we've done in this season takes 40% more effort. Everything. And we're sitting there the week of, and I've been dialed in. I didn't take the summer off. I've been dialed into you because I love you, and we were walking it out, and we're talking, and the week of, we're like, I don't know how we can do this. we got to change it. We can't have the rally. How does that look? And we made all those modifications, and our missions director, Stacy Hatcher, who I love, she looked at me and said, Pastor, the needs are five times greater. And I said then some of us have to go. All of us maybe can't go. This is the heart of a soldiers, by the way, who serve us. Everybody may not can go, but thank God for the ones that do go. Thank God for the ones that say, for the people who can't go, I will go. And there was a group and an army of people at Milestone Church of 1,400 to 1,500 people who went. We gathered out here. We went and we served. It was cool too because needs bubbled up from the organic relationships of us being the church, not just a programmatic top down, here's what you need to do, sign up on some computer sheet. What happened to the people of God just looking for needs and meeting them? 
I believe we're on the verge of the greatest harvest of souls if believers will quit circling and wake up and just start looking around you at the people who need encouragement, who need God, who need help. And you did it on serve day. And I've, I don't always get all the reports, but I've been in the meeting, so I got the report. And you know what? Hundreds of people. There were three critics. There's always three critics. There's three critics no matter what you do. That's okay. If you don't have a little opposition from the devil, you're probably going the same direction he is. So what we do is we do what God asks us to do. We serve people because that's what God asks us to do. But I don't want to get hung up on critics. I want to get hung up on the majority of people and where they're at today. They were over and over, I needed this. I needed this. Thank God that I got an opportunity to do this. I needed to serve someone else. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Hundreds. Hundreds. And that's where we're at. We all need it. I want to show you this video and then pray for you. But I want to show you one of those stories. The first guy you'll see on there is a guy named Randy Malone that I met. I don't know, he was 17, 18, 19 years old in a small town northwest of here. I've been his pastor for 23 years. He didn't have a beard like he's going to have on this now, but he, he led the charge. And let me tell you, a whole group of people rallied behind and they made a difference in this family's life. Watch this with me. When I met when I met earlier this week with uh, Amy, she just showed me all the different pieces. I mean, a lot of this house has had uh, some things done to it halfway, need to be finished, so a lot of painting and uh, uh, the floor has been replaced. But all the transitions from tile to uh, the shower reno is probably the uh, the biggest thing to tackle. I have two adopted boys. They have a condition called arthrogryposis. Makes them have to have surgery on their feet to straighten out bones and difficulty walking long distances, difficulty with open stairs. And my 1974, never been remodeled home with a sunken living room and many little steps here and throughout the house that you don't really think about until all of a sudden you have to figure out how to get a wheelchair in and out and to the bathroom to brush teeth and to the kitchen on a daily basis. I just can't seem to get it all finished. So when Milestone reached out to me and, and asked if there was anything I, I needed, I'm like, well, I would love to bring home our next child to a house that was like actually like complete. It's very overwhelming because it's just a large sum of love coming into our house and it's such a blessing and again something that I never expected. When they come it's just, I may have to leave the room for a little bit <laughs> and compose myself. Serving is doing what's necessary that maybe someone can't do for themselves and giving of yourself. Thank you Milestone Church. That's the power of a group of people under the name of Jesus from every background, position, situation, with the love of Jesus in their hearts, reaching people and building lives, and there's nothing like it. But here's today's message for you, all of you online in the room. Are you tired of it? 
Are you tired of it? Wandering around wondering where there's a chance to break out of it. And it goes back to not some new inventive creative idea. It's going back to Jesus and his desires. So I want to just ask you, will you break out a circle in that mountain and get back on mission for Jesus? Because if we do, the potential for a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit to save people from a real place called hell and being brought into the kingdom of his dear son is possible for all of us. And healing that needs to take place is possible for all of us. I'm going to invite you into it. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to ask you today. Number one, if you're like that Jesus you talked about, he went into the wilderness. Yeah, he came out of it. You say he came out more focused. What was he focused on? He was focused on what his father had asked of him to come and redeem us and love us and save us. So he began to focus toward a bloody cross. He would go and die. You may have seen an image of it, of him on that cross. Why did he go to it? He went there to make a payment that you and I couldn't make. We were just too in debt. We had made mistakes. And if you're listening to me, you may realize you've made those mistakes and you feel disconnected from God. Every other religion says, get better, do more, fix it yourself. But Jesus said, you can't do it on your own, so I'm going to do it for you. He went and died on that cross, and he's alive today. He's the only one who's alive. He doesn't give us a set of principles. He gives us himself. And if you're willing to receive that gift of Jesus, maybe you're that person that I've had on my heart all weekend who feels alone, who feels by yourself, who's wanted to give up, feels like there's no hope. Let me tell you, you have a void in your heart that Jesus can fill. And all you have to do is just say yes to him. Yes, Jesus, I receive you today. Just pray that prayer. Jesus, I have made mistakes. I have missed the mark, but I want to receive the gift of your life. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. And if you prayed that prayer, you're in this room, you're online, you're in one of the venues, I'm going to ask you to tell someone that can help you. Maybe email the church, maybe fill out a card. Let someone know, because when you pray that prayer, then you end up off in isolation. The enemy tells you that wasn't real. And he beats you up. We're not just about reaching people. We're about building people. So there's a process for you. You can come into our growth track. You can get connected. And we want to help you walk out your faith in Jesus. Second of all, I want to pray for every single one of us, including myself. That, Lord, I ask that my words would not just be words, but your spirit would make them real and alive in our hearts. Lord, break us out of the fog, break us out of the circling, break us out of what the enemy's plan for us is to die in the wilderness. But we don't want that. We want to walk towards your promise. You tell us in your word that it's an example for us, Lord. So we ask you to not just make it about a sermon or words, but Lord, ignite our hearts that we might move forward towards your purpose and mission more than ever before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.